Welcome to The Culture Factor, where we talk to founders and influential leaders about company culture. We share stories from the C-suite that help executives engage their business from the inside and create a map to transform their culture. Because the truth is, culture eats strategy for breakfast. I want to thank our listeners for joining The Culture Factor and ask that you subscribe, rate, and consider leaving a review. We'd love to hear who you'd like to listen to next. And a thank you to our sponsor, Company Tribes. They have an app and a virtual experience to help keep your tribe together during difficult times like now and business as usual. How strong is your company culture? Reach out to Paul at companytribes.com. As co-producers and hosts, I'm Holly Shannon, and along with Paul Jones, we welcome you to another great episode of The Culture Factor. Welcome to The Culture Factor, Lakeisha. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thank you. Good. Lakeisha, it's great to have you on. We appreciate your time uh, taken out to talk about the culture of your company. Um, why don't we just dive right in? Tell us a little bit about your journey the last uh, couple years and uh, some of the things that you focus on with your company and your business. Absolutely. Well, I have really had a fantastic year and a half at the National Institute of Building Sciences. Uh, when I came on board uh, after my predecessor retired, the first thing I did, uh, I find it's important in any job that you take on to talk to the team. And so I asked a lot of questions, uh, asked them about what they like about the job that they're doing, what they like about the industry and the company, uh, what they would change if they, they were in my role and uh, what they think we should make sure is untouchable and uh, we keep in place. Uh, I found it really important to talk to not only the people that are on your team, but your your members, your customers, as soon as you get into a role before you make any kind of changes, because they've been there and you mind, you always, for me, I've always found some great ideas just right there within the team that's been working at the company. And so I spent probably the first 90 days setting up a very clear uh, description of what I expect from the organization, from the team, uh, the culture that we're going to create. And basically charting our course down uh, what is expected uh, within our, our team environment. And I'm very much a, a proponent of team. Uh, we rise, we fall together. And uh, I make that clear in most of our staff meetings and anything that we're doing. Uh, I want people to feel like they are a part of the process, the decisions that we make uh, and the direction that we go. If you have your team buy-in, you can really accomplish anything. And uh, I'm really proud of the team that we have in place. Uh, we had a, a restructure and uh, just the group that we have, we represent you know, the built environment. So we have a combination of people on our team from architects and engineers to also just your regular uh, office team members of accountants and marketing and, and sales. So uh, it's great to see how people interact, uh, getting people involved in various topics and, and categories. Uh, and then also just making sure that people can work in the environment that they choose to. And so we uh, set up, right, you know, for me, I felt we are based in the DC area. And so one of the things that weren't in place previously, but I thought was important is having uh, flexible hours and also implementing a telework policy, uh, which wasn't in place previously. And so we got people the tools that they needed to be successful, uh, gave everyone laptops, uh, and also created a, a new phone system so that uh, when a member or you know, a customer is looking for us and they make that phone call, it's still seamless to them uh, that they reach our employee wherever their home office or work office may be. 
and putting all those tools in place, giving people the flexibility that they needed, uh, really helped set the stage and the, the mindset and the culture for our team. That is fantastic. You know, there's a, I love what you're talking about with your 90 days of just listening, right? Uh, there's a lean principle, go to Gemba. And going to Gemba is going and looking and seeing and experiencing what your customers experience and what your employees experience. Um, so you, it sounds like you've had, you had to make a, did you have to make a significant culture shift with, with your people? I mean, it sounds like you went through a restructure. Um, was it something that you kind of had to change the direction of a boat of, or was it just, uh, small changes here and there? Well, if you ask my team, they will definitely say we have had a lot of change. Uh, I, I let them know up front. Uh, our board was also very ready for change. That's why they brought me on board. We uh, started a strategic plan and we started at the beginning of the year and completed and launched that new strategic plan by the end. And that was a part of you know, what they saw was needed for the organization and the industry as we move forward or how we're going to, to lead the industry. And the changes that were there or the changes that were implemented were all changes that the staff was asking for. Uh, they weren't, you know, they weren't, they were things that I saw that was needed. But the great thing is because I also asked for their opinion, it seemed like the changes that were implemented were just what they asked for, but they were just changes I thought were needed anyway. So it was convenient that we all sort of saw, saw things the same way. And um, it was also important, uh, the, the restructure that we had was really based on some very specific tasks that had to be accomplished and getting people who had a core competency in those areas on board. Uh, and, but those people that we recruited also were great fit for that culture that we were developing. Mm. And it's nice to see, you know, also not just the work that we're doing, but also we had to incorporate some, some team building activities. It's so important to get your team to connect on a personal level, uh, not just on a work level. I mean, we all have to work. We all have to get those tasks done. But when you take some time out to just, you know, share a beverage or, uh, break bread and talk to each other, that really changes that work style uh, and the way people uh, work with each other. But mm -hmm. what was great is the new people that came on board were immediately embraced by the, the team that had been there for years. And I could see them standing in their offices for hours asking questions. Uh, so they were happy uh, to work with the team. They saw that the knowledge and the skill set that they brought to the table and there's uh, a mutual respect across our, our small team. And so that's really important. I was just going to follow up and ask, um, you know, what, what are, if you could overview some of those values that you, that you have, that you had to really develop with the team over the last year and a half. Sure. We've really tried to encourage a collaborative work environment. Uh, we expect high performance from everyone. Uh, that is definitely a, a requirement uh, to have that, respect for each other, respect the work that they're doing. Uh, these are your coworkers. They don't have to be your best friends, uh, but you do need to respect each other and uh, operating in that, that element of team uh, and making sure that we're not looking at the things and the items that need to be accomplished on a very self-focused uh, directive. How is the work that I'm doing? How can someone else contribute? How are we all in this together? And so team is very important. Well, Keisha, um, I just want to switch a little bit, but, but come back to the people. Um, so the built environment has really been instrumental in construction, constructing the nation. Um, 
and your board has put in place strategies. They put strategies on the table that the company wants and that they want you to deploy. Um, but you personally, um, you know, you're putting things in place because you're looking at the people. So how do you go about building an inclusive culture at work? I think that uh, not just diversity of thought, but diversity, uh, just a, a broad, diverse group uh, helps your company be more successful. It's not just a personal opinion or the right thing to do. The data shows it. The data shows that the more diversity, the more uh, racial diversity, the more gender diversity that you have within your team, the better the results and the more profitable a company can be. Now, we're a nonprofit, <laughs> so we're not trying to make a profit, but we do want to make sure uh, that we have a nice balance and, and perspective and various perspectives within our team. And we have that in our staff team. I, it is uh, across the board, uh, everything you could hope for uh, in a skill set, in a talent environment, but also uh, in a very diverse group. Uh, and they work together well. And again, another reason why I'm so proud of my team. Now, we are representing the building industry, which is historically uh, not so diverse. Uh, all this data, of course, shows that that is an area that has to be improved. The workforce of our, our construction industry uh, is, is lacking on both gender and racial diversity. Uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics show that women only make up 10% of construction managers, 5.7% uh, of construction and building inspectors, and 3.5% uh, of construction laborers. I actually spoke at the Women in Residential Construction Conference a couple of years ago and shared the data of these non-traditional work uh, positions and of all the varying industries from firefighters, engineers, uh, to construction. It is amazing to see you know, police, how they've changed in the past 30 years and those all those other various uh, industries that are, are non-traditional went from 3% to 20% or 4% to 30%. And then the construction industry went from 3.2% to 3.6%. So we have a lot of work to do as it relates to diversifying our industry, but we also have a big shortage. We are going to be short millions of workers. And so it is a priority. We've surveyed our industry. We've surveyed uh, the leaders from various construction related associations about the top three things that keep them up at night what's keeping their members up at night. And the number one issue is workforce. So now is the time for us to make the change that is needed uh, to help the industry as a whole and also help uh, all the people that are in need of employment and can make a positive impact on our industry. You know, Lakeisha, there's a lot of data as, as you've represented. Um, you know, I, I'm wondering, is there a, a story or something that you could share with the listeners that shows how diversity has complemented what you're doing for your company? Not just numbers. <laughs> Not just numbers. Well, I it is it is interesting I've spent my entire career uh, in the construction space working for associations that represent various industries from the National Ready Mix Concrete Association to the Associated General Contractors of America, the National Association of Home Builders, and now here at NIBS. And what's great about being in this company is our job as a nonprofit, we don't represent a specific category. Uh, we represent the industry as a whole. And our job is to bring people together 
to be collaborators and conveners to talk about uh, how we can uh, make the change that is needed. And you know, personally, as an African-American female, I am hopeful and excited about the possibility of not being the only person that looks like me in the room uh, when we have meetings in the future. Uh, I've sat in sessions where people very passionately share concern with the fact that they see people in the room that only look like them and they are sick of it. So it's great to see that they notice this is a problem. We have to fix it. It's not me saying it, it's them. And it and it's exciting about the possibility. Uh, but again, I've, I've been in this industry my whole life. It's wonderful to look around and see what our industry impacts, all the places where we live, work, learn, and play. And uh, it's, it is personal. It's personal to me because it's where I've spent my whole career. Uh, but I also know that considering uh, our current environment and the 49 million people who are out of work, uh, there is, there's a home here. We're essential workers and this industry can really truly just support and change lives. And uh, that's why I'm here. That's why we're working so hard and we're trying to make the changes that are necessary to create this inclusive environment that's, that's needed within the workforce. I love the passion, Lakeisha, and you are definitely a pathfinder. And I'm sure there are moments when uh, it's lonely, feeling like you're you're kind of leading the charge. Um, this is a great conversation about diversity. And I love the stats that you shared as it relates to other industries. And other industries, it sounds like, are creating this upward mobility. And inside of the construction industry, it's just starting, right? What are some things, what are some suggestions you would have? I, I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of uh, diversity and inclus inclusion experts, and it seems that uh, it, it's one thing to get diversity in. It's a whole nother thing to create inclusivity inside of an organization. Um, you almost need to reestablish the culture uh, to be able to create a melting pot of, an, of, of a brand new culture of everyone that's involved to be able to maximize that uh, diversity of thought and experience and background. What are some suggestions you'd have for executives out there to, uh, to create inclusive environments? Well, for the construction industry, which is you know, very specific, there are, there are companies that are really trying to lead the way and make a difference. It's not everyone. It's just if you take the full numbers and you look at them uh, statistically, we're still just in such a, a broad um, issue. And it is absolutely about culture. Culture will lead the way. It's not a problem getting people to start a job. Uh, the challenge is keeping them there. There's actually a, um, there's a film that is coming out called Hard-Hatted Women. And it is a story of five women in the construction trades and it follows them and their path. This documentary tells their story. And it wasn't that they didn't want to, to have a job. They got this job because they thought it was great work. It's great pay. Uh, but the challenge was staying in this space and feeling welcome. It's as simple as having the right type of bathrooms on a job site to having a vest that fit them on the top. Uh, it is, you know, it's some simple things, but the people who are making the buying decisions aren't necessarily thinking about how do I buy product that will fit a diverse culture? Because again, it's easy for all humans to think about doing things the way they've always done them. Uh, so it will take a whole industry uh, to make change. We 
send a report to the president of the United States every year. Uh, that's part of what we do because we were chartered by Congress. And we have listed how workforce is one of these critical issues that, that need to be addressed. Uh, we talk about changing perceptions, perceptions among young people. And yes, these are the things that we have to do within our industry, but I think all companies need to. All companies need to think about not just how they're doing work today, but what are the needs of the, of the future employees that they're trying to recruit? How do you make people feel like they have a seat at the table? How do you not just put them at the table, but listen when they speak and take action on their words? Uh, it's, it's always fascinating to me when I think about the number of new businesses that have been created and the young people that are creating them. And those young people probably had the opportunity to work at a company with an older demographic that's leading the way, but they won't listen to what the young people have to say. And they're losing out on billions of dollars because of it. You have to create an environment where people feel not only that they have a seat, but they're listened to, they're heard, and they can lead and take action. And they have to see minorities and women in the leadership. And that is the biggest issue across all industries. There is, I mean, for all the, the notices and letters that people are, are putting out in support of equality, if you don't have equality in the boardroom, then you are saying nothing that's just words. That's very profound and so true. How have you engaged your team to keep your company healthy during this pandemic? Because you know, you're, you're newer to the group and you're, you're bringing people in. So you want to create something that looks a little bit like a Lakeisha too. What have you been doing for that? Well, yes, our team, we meet just like most companies. We have a weekly uh, Microsoft Teams meeting so we can see each other's faces, uh, give the team updates on anything that everyone needs to be aware of. And also just to check in on, on the health of everyone, right? We have various people that are either They've got their families and maybe their families are driving them crazy or they live alone and you just need to check and make sure they're okay. Or, you know, just, it's a variety of, uh, of different perspectives and, and people within our team. And we just want to make sure that they're doing well because the mental health of your team is so important, especially as one, as, a, as people know, if you truly care about how they're doing personally, and if they don't think that you care about them, they don't care about getting the work done for you. Uh, we decided to have a little fun with our Friday meetings. And uh, I was looking at just different ways to activate and connect with the team and had this uh, note about if, for those people who remember the TV show MTV Cribs. And we decided to create Nibs Cribs. So uh, <laughs> each person who, who chose to or would volunteer or was probably coerced behind the scenes to volunteer uh, they started out and each week we'd have a different person who gave us a look into their homes. And uh, this, the person who kicked it off uh, was a person on my team, Sarah, who's just, she loves these kind of activities and we love her for it because she makes, she sets the tone. And it was so great because she's had her husband who was filming her and her kids are all a part of the event. And she starts out front and says, well, you know, I've turned off the fountains today and the Maserati's in the shop, so here's my boy for <laughs> And just walk you through their home and the kids just running all around. And it was just, it was a lot of fun. It made people laugh. Uh, you got to see a personal side of people. Plus, you know, when you work in the office, I'd probably never see the inside of most of the people who's, you know, the homes of the people I work with. And 
you get to see, you know, one of our other employees gave us a little history lesson. They live in Massachusetts, actually, and they told us about uh, that this is the 400-year anniversary of Plymouth Rock, and because of COVID, they're not having the 400-year uh, celebration that they were going to, and all that's been shut down, and it's just down uh, the road from where they live, and it was just really nice to, to get a bit, a bit of history and to learn something personal, and people were laughing, and just... And also to see their, their children and their children get to see or connect and look at the faces of the people that they work with. Uh, it makes work a little more personal. And it also helps, you know, when the kids see mommy and daddy that are always at work or, you know, in, the off, in their home office. And when they see that personal side or they get to have a, a glimpse into it, uh, it also just makes it feel a little more personal and makes them feel more connected to who we are. So it was just one thing that we've done recently that's, that's been a bit of fun. And uh, we'll do a variety of other things to, to keep the team connected. We've got some trivia that we're going to do and the ops team versus the admin team will be facing off. And uh, just, you know, got to keep it light. Got to gotta make sure that people uh, feel connected and the work will get done. That's awesome. I love this idea. And we, we're hearing this all over the place in terms of employee connection. And as you were talking about employee cribs, I was just thinking about how a lot of times, you know, in a professional career, you go into your job and you literally, you, you put on your armor, you put on that professional armor and, and you're, you're trying to, to be a professional, you're trying to get things done. Um, what COVID's done is, well, I guess when you go home, when you go inside of your home, that's where you take your armor off. That's where you can relax. That's where you can be you. And so you create a home that makes you comfortable. So being able to share your home with your employees is kind of opening up a little bit and, sh and, you know, getting, giving people a glimpse to, to the real person, to the real you. And I think that's so important for employees to feel that with each other, to be, uh, be able to feel vulnerability and to, to see the human side uh, of what they're doing. I'm, I think that creates a lot of connection and you've done it in a really creative way, which is super funny and super fun. So I'm, I'll be looking for that on the, on the next, you know, cable show or on the Hulu or something coming out <laughs> of Nibs, well, Nibs Cribs. Big out to all the HR consultants out there and professionals that keep sending material around to help uh, CEOs be more effective with their team. Cause I definitely found that idea from, from somebody else, but it was, it was a lot of fun to, to activate with our team. You know, it, it's nice where we actually are seeing a lot of people in the HR space that are uh, diving full force into mental health because, you know, we never expected a pandemic to, you know, shed such light on things. And, and I think that, um, you know, to what Paul was saying and what you were saying, Lakeisha, that the connection um, feels so authentic and it's so important to finally, you know, connect with people on a, you know, in a different way. It's also nice that when you really get to know them more personally, you can actually check in on their mental health. You start to see them differently. You see like, you know, in their own homes, their, their body language, you know, things that they're saying you it's, I think it's helpful actually in a strange way because it's allowed that whole conversation to come, come to the table. Right. Absolutely. Authenticity is, is so important today. Uh, and, Actually, all of this has also brought up an opportunity uh, for organizations. You can 
Well, people remote hundred percent, if you've got a position you need to fill, it becomes a new perspective and it broadens your opportunity to reach uh, in a, a, a different location to find uh, the talent that you're looking for. So uh, there's just so much that has come of uh, this, this 2020 year for me. I know people talk about how, you know, how terrible it is. And yes, this is definitely not the best year, uh, but you have to find the good in everything. And so I've definitely tried to find ways to turn turn the negative into a positive so that we can just keep moving forward uh, with our heads up. And so, you know, having fun, connecting uh, with our team in, in new and fun ways, all these elements are what are going to get us through 2020 and, and help us move forward. I love it, Lakeisha. I, I love what you're doing. I love that you are, you and your organization are the epicenter of um, the built environment for this nation. And I love that you're leading it. And uh, I appreciate the message you've shared on our podcast today. Um, hopefully to continue that conversation, if anyone has questions, if they could reach out and, and you might be able to provide some guidance in terms of creating inclusive environments. Um, I just appreciate everything you've shared today and for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Holly and Paul. I really appreciate it. This is great. Uh, so, so much great information here. I know people will take a lot away from that. And I,